This is a Rooster Teeth production. everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of annual pass this is the podcast where we talk about all things theme parks rides shows attractions if it happens in a theme park it happens here on annual pass i'm your host jack patillo and of course joining me as always is my lovely talented beautiful co-host bk hi beaks hello how are you doing today <laughs> i'm doing wonderful what about you i'm doing pretty well doing pretty well i'm excited we had a fun show today we had an interview today yes we haven't had one of those in a while so we'll yeah. get into that in just a second but real quick i want to remind you make sure to follow us on all of our social media things you can follow annual pass at annual underscore pass over on twitter and on instagram we're also at youtube youtube.com slash annual pass and on tiktok annual pass pod over on tiktok lots of tiktoks hitting oh yeah we popping we're popping uh, is that good am it's i good. it's, it's good. good okay good i'm, gl- <laughs> I'm glad that popping is good i wasn't 100 sure on that but i've been posting like news stuff and the kind of recaps of episodes it's been a lot of fun hopefully you guys have been checking it out it's been good times but uh also store.roosteeth.com go pick up some annual pass merchandise that really supports the show that's like that probably the best way to support the show mm-hmm. is by going buying and picking up a shirt or a hat or a postcard or a, or a mini sticker, backpack a mini backpack that maybe you can throw on like a cat or something and let it walk around <laughs> i don't know if it'll fit on a cat maybe if you extended the straps you could fit on I a cat. try i'll I put could, it on my cat okay please please do and send photos of that that'd be fantastic I will. so uh yeah so anyway we're gonna pretty much dive into it today we've got a really really cool interview with blair pacinger from post 21 so they are a black owned business that actually had a store inside of Disneyland over at downtown Disney. And uh, we wa- I wanted to actually to get them on the show and like talk to them about how, how their process and everything went for it. Real quick from their website, let me explain what Post 21 is. Post 21 was created by a mother daughter duo who for years wanted a comprehensive marketplace that focused on modern and modern and design forward products from black-owned businesses. While the discovery process of some of their favorite products was always an exciting one, they felt strongly that there's no reason why these products are so consistently being discovered when they shouldn't be, or when they should be household names. Not shouldn't be, should be household names. So they said, let's create the place we want to shop. So... Awesome. That's so great. I love that. I love it. It's like, hey, we love this stuff. We want other people to know about this stuff. Let's Mm -hmm. make it happen. So Blair and her mother made this thing. And so without further ado, let's just jump into it because I don't want to keep Blair waiting. So here we go. Our interview with Blair Pacinger. And we have Blair Pacinger joining us right now. Blair, thank you so much for joining us here on Annual Pass. Thank you for having me. Awesome. I, I'm very, very excited for this one. This We actually wanted to talk to you a little while ago, but now we're, I'm happy to have you on the show because a bu- you've, there's a bunch of really, really cool things about the company you work with, Post21, or the, the company you created, right? Yes, correct. That That is, is so cool. First of all, if you want to explain sort of the, uh, you know, like how things started with Post21 and exactly what your company represents. Sure, sure. So I was pregnant and my mom <laughs> came to me and said, hey, I have this great idea. I want to start, you know, I want to be able to shop exclusively from black owned businesses. Um, you know, that's how she was raised. That's kind of how I was raised, but it's a bit harder to do that, or it was harder to do that in kind of you know, this new online kind of world that we live in. Um, and so I was like, cool girl, I'm pregnant. You got it. My mom <laughs> like, you know, she works for Oracle. She has a whole job. She worked in tech. I was like, this is perfect little project for you. Um, and then I went home and I just couldn't sleep. I realized like this was my passion. I had to do it. Um, and then once she came up with the name, which I can um, explain kind of the history behind that in a second, I was like, oh, it, you know, we ha- I couldn't sleep. We had to do it. Um, and so I 
thought like, okay, I'm going to hire someone who will like build me a website. Like this will be easy. <laughs> and then COVID hit, I had a baby, like it was not easy. Um, and so I just had to learn how to do every single you know, piece of a website, every single thing about a business. I was coming from like a graphic design background, but was a mom. And so like, wasn't really working. Like, you know, I just had, I just jumped in the deep end and had no idea. Um, and so the name Post 21 is derived from Black Wall Street, which was a um, community in Tulsa, Oklahoma that was burned down. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a massacre. Um, there were some folks who were pretty upset about this thriving black neighborhood that was completely sufficient, taking care of itself. They had their own black doctors, they had schools, they had all the things they needed, and that was upsetting some folks. And so they were, um, you know, like I said, massacred. Um, And the date was June, July 31st, um, 1921. So that's why we're post 21. We're kind of post what they were doing. um, And we're trying to do it in this new way that we kind of shop now. And so we were always set to launch um, May 1st. And so that was kind of what we were working towards because it's post the date of, you know, the name. Um, And, you know, this is during COVID. This is during all the things. We're kind of head down focused. And then George Floyd happened. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea, honestly, because I was just so locked in. Um, And once like it was like friday i want to say i realized like there's all kinds of things happening around us like maybe we shouldn't do this um and i went to the protests on saturday i realized you know we should continue we want to be a part of the change we want to see um and that monday was may 31st and also just so happens to be the day like the world decided to support black business and so kind of thing i thought was going to be a easy side business took off much quicker than <laughs> i was prepared for um, but it, it was just another sign that like, that was what I was supposed to be doing, um, me and my mom. And so, yeah, we just, we're up and running. Oh, that's quickly. so beautiful. I, I <laughs> love that. So I'm, I'm with you. And I, when, when I found out about your company one, yes, like we have to support black businesses, but to hear your story, like to, to come from a passion project to then kind of be, I don't want to say swept up cause it doesn't really like uh, capture the, the intention that you had behind the original idea, but to kind of be propelled through the movement of that cultural kind of, I would say awakening that happened during that time, um, I think is fascinating. And I love that you stuck through it because starting a business is not easy and hearing that you had to do it all by yourself girl and you had a whole baby in your tummy insane <laughs> insane insane no one told me it was insane <laughs> Oh my goodness. But I have to give you your flowers, please, because this is something that I feel like we need to see a lot more of. And I love that this is again, tied to your message within your branding and the name Post 21. It is a very important cultural and historical moment. So to have that be a part of your core messaging and a part of the brand and really just motivate and give you that intention with everything you do, I don't need to really ask what you support. I don't need to question um, who is running this, what's going on here. I know when I see the name, I know. Um, And it's educational. You are spreading to a whole audience right now that might not know anything about that. 
that. And I think that that's right. so important is a lot of um, our experience as black women out here is we unfortunately are the educators. And, you know, if we can do that without having to do heavy lifting, let me tell you, I will take that option in a heartbeat. So right. like right. power to you. I guess my follow up question would be, I mean, you're, you're popping off. Things are starting to catch up here. Uh, how did you decide really what your store, what your business was going to bring out into the world? I mean, black owned business is very vague and open ended. You could do anything here. What made you kind of hone in on what your products would be here? Was there some sort of specific inspiration? Sure. So I essentially, once I started sourcing, wanted to find products that spoke to me and who I am. I think previously the kind of idea of a black business was very one-sided, right? Like very like, this is what it looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's great, but that's not, we are not monolithic, right? This is a whole thing that people are just realizing. There are other aesthetics within that, just like anyone else. And so I wanted the things that I like, and that's kind of just how I started. Like Instagram is obviously very easy to find brands mm -hmm. and I didn't want to have to, um, like, I don't want to follow these little brands on Instagram. To me, that's not what it's for. Um, I wanted them, you know, in one place. It was easy to figure out like, okay, these, uh, there's hundreds of candle businesses, right? But like, these are the ones I like. This is what I want my house to look like. These are the ones I want to buy. Boom. I, there's lots of pillows, right? But mm -hmm. like, you know what I mean? It, we can't just group all black business into, boop, they're over here. This is what they look like. Mm-hmm. No, I love that you articulate that because there is kind of this, I guess, preconception of what black business products look like um, or that right. black business is only for black people, which is definitely right. not the case where right. you can go to Target right now and they have a whole Black History Month section. Right. Everything is colorful and mm -hmm. has has a specific look to it. And that is great, but that is for a specific consumer. Mm -hmm. yeah. And with your products here, you have a lot of, I would say, diversity in what you have to offer. And again, you said it great, like aesthetic. There's different styles. Like um, I, I'm someone who likes, you know, city pop. I love, you know, very kawaii things. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be just tribal patterns and, <laughs> right. you know, very stereotypical right. things. So to have right. those options and be able to be like, hey, look, we're black owned business on the side, but we actually have really cool products and awesome selections. I think that's so right. smart and a really awesome strategy. So I love hearing that inspiration yeah. from you, focusing on you. what you liked as the forefront of it and not trying to be, you know, like a trend chaser. You're setting the trend with your choices. That's so cool. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> now, now, Blair, I'm, I'm really curious uh, so the, the whole reason behind like having you on this podcast is because I was searching for black owned companies that worked with theme parks and you guys were at the top of the list because you guys actually had a store out of Disneyland it recently shut down. Right. But I'm, I'm curious yeah. how that relationship got started, because that, it, it seems such a, an interesting thing for me. I've loved theme parks my whole life, but you're working on like this business within a theme park. And how did that come to be? Yeah, so that story I wish was more interesting. They <laughs> honestly, it we had our site had been up for six months, and they emailed us saying, "Hi, we're interested in speaking with you." Wow, six months. And my, six months. Six <laughs> months. I'm just like, hmm, what are we doing? Figuring it out. I don't know. Here's <laughs> Disneyland. Um, and my mom like 
texts me like, hey, we got an email from, and I'm like, girl, you are wasting time. Respond to them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, they emailed us and said, we're interested. And so we kind of got on a call with them and really explained to them that we are a small business. Like it's literally me and my mama. And, um, they, they were great. They, they, they said, you know, we understand, we will do everything we can to support you in that. And they absolutely did. Um, they, right after we talked to them, it was kind of when like things started opening back up. So then we hadn't heard from them, um, which actually was great because we needed to like kind of catch up to where (laughs) that trajectory was about to take us. Um, and then, it, like I want to say in October, they came back like, hey, we love you guys. We love what you pitched us. Can you be open by the holiday? Right. So like that was October. We were open by Black Friday. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. All right. So yeah. a month and a half to get uh, to get a store <laughs> up and running in the in the heart of Disneyland. <laughs> That's no pressure or anything. Right. I was going to say you um, hadn't done any storefront work like that before. Like, did they did they help you? Did they have like a team that kind of helped you get going or were they like here's a space populate it make it work (laughs) (laughs) yeah um i was actually surprised by like they were very helpful with contract and like uh, things we asked for on that end then with the actual build out i was like oh so clearly like i'm gonna work with disney imagineering and they're gonna make this so cute (laughs) for me and that part will be so easy no Uh they I was like, do you guys have a screwdriver? And they said, no. no! Like, they were just out, girl. And then it was like, so we we um, added what they called appendages or essentially like a bookcase to either end of our cart. And we were like, okay, so we need like the paint number to match the paint. They had no idea what the paint code was. And no! I'm like, Oh man! So if it, it's not like the exact color, what am I gonna do? Oh man! So it it sounds like they were both like great on one hand and maybe not so great on the other hand. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, mean like, I don't want to say not so great, but it was just surprising that okay. like, like even like the sign on top of the thing, I was like, okay, so what are the dimensions that it needs to be? No idea. <laughs> you would so think what? big company Walt Disney yeah. would would have yeah. like construction details on lock with someone who's yeah. building all these rides all the time. Like asking for paint or dimensions would be like easy. Like they should have a spreadsheet for that. Yeah, you figure they have like a downtown Disney Bible, where it's like here's right. what everything looks like. Here's the consistency. <laughs> but I mean, so the I mean, were there I mean, were there any restrictions? There was there anything that you wanted to do that they came back and were like, uh, sorry, not that. Yeah, there was lots of restrictions around, like they try and keep what they call the stage, which is the actual like on downtown Disney, very um, cohesive. Mm-hmm. So there was definitely restrictions. We had to, you know, get things approved um, that we were, it was a challenge for me to kind of mix, mix my aesthetic with theirs, right? Like our brand is very neutral, brown, earth tones cart had to be yellow and green and like the font was red and i was like we got to figure this out um <laughs> so i think <laughs> we definitely worked around that they um they wanted to make it work and i think we definitely came to a great kind of middle ground that's so impressive so what was it like i mean like w- when i think disneyland i think a certain kind of person who might go through there i mean maybe disneyland's a little bit different because a lot more locals but you know i i'm sort my home parks are all in orlando so what was it like dealing with i mean tourists coming through i mean was that was that something you guys were on like any did you run into any kind of unexpected encounters or anything interesting with that 
Yeah, absolutely. That was um, a part of the kind of learning curve that we had to figure out. We obviously went, we're, I'm from LA. I've, this is my local Disneyland is Anaheim. So I had an idea of like, oh, this is what it looks like. Um, but we definitely went and sat and kind of tried to figure out the demographic. They told us it was mostly locals, you know, and then there's, um, but we sat there and we were like, okay, that person that's actually here with bags that's shopping is women. There's groups of women. This is kind of the age group. Cool. Um, and then we had to then, because we were just, we just had a website, we had to figure out, okay, these are things that like one people are traveling can take with them. These are things that like, these things are work online, but these things are going to work in an in-person kind of store. Um, we also, one of the things we realized pretty quickly is that the consumer there is coming to Disneyland for Disney themed product, right? Totally. They're not coming to, right, to shop for things that you can get at your local mall. Right. So that was something we had to like really hone in on that. Like we weren't necessarily prepared for. Um, and then we, we had a lot of like feedback, like there's different, you know, everyone's not ready for a book that's titled B is for black girl. Everyone's not ready for, you know, a lot of, uh, representation. Um, so, you know, we would get people walking up who were crying saying, Oh my God, I've never seen anything like this. I love this. I'm so happy you're here. And then we would get people walk up and saying, what is like, why would you do that? Who were offended? Mm. Um, so that was something else we like, we had to adjust to just dealing with in-person customers and then a mixed review. Um, but I definitely took that to mean like, that's exactly why we are here because if you're offended, like that's a you thing and not a me thing. <laughs> Talk to him. <laughs> yeah. So that was, that was a big adjustment. So it was, so it was you and your mother. How many people actually worked the store? I mean, I, I I'm hoping it wasn't just the two. Did you have, do you have friends come in? You have, you have some employees come in? Um, yeah. So staffing was probably our biggest challenge. Um, we live in LA. Anaheim is a 45 minute drive with no traffic. So to get like, we definitely launched with like friends and family working mm. with us. Me and my mom were there a lot. We, the hours, this is another thing. Disneyland is open 365 days of the year. So like on Christmas day, but then from our store was open from 10 AM to 11 PM. Wow. Oh my every gosh. Day. Yeah. So that's a big ask for some, to have someone like drive 45 minutes, stay till 11 PM and drive back 45 minutes. Um, and then like just staffing in general during COVID was a whole thing. Like Starbucks was across from us. They were having trouble finding staff. So how am I going to find staff? Um, and then to trust them like there without one of us being there, that's a whole thing. So yeah. staffing was the biggest thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, I, you know, we figured it out. I, I don't know how, but we figured it out <laughs> for a year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I imagine staffing is an issue for any, any small company, you know, like that, that thing where it goes from like, okay, we're the people who made this new. Now we have to trust someone to come in and handle the stuff that has been our baby for all this time. Like that's gotta be pretty terrifying. So I was going to say, let alone in an amusement park in Dis the Disneyland. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't even know if I have cousins. I would trust for that. <laughs> so more power to yeah. you. <laughs> oh man. The, the like minimum wage also went up during this time. Mm. So like, that's another thing you have to pay for them. So, yeah, it was a whole lot. Wow. So, so you guys recently shut down your store at Disneyland. Are you guys looking to reopen like a brand new brick and mortar anywhere? Or are you going to stick to more online type sales? So honestly, like it, it was a 
go, go, go for the last year. I think I want to kind of slow down and reassess, you know, like Disneyland was never on my like five-year plan. Um, <laughs> Definitely not on the bingo card. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for that. So I want to kind of take a beat and like figure out now where I want to take it. Um, I don't see myself doing a brick and mortar like in the next year. Okay. Um, it's, you know, down the road, sure. But I think I learned a lot of lessons. Man, that's that's amazing. Yeah, this is this it's so cool. And uh, like I'm I'm so psyched to actually talk to a, a business owner. I, I have like the entrepreneur spirit inside of me. So hearing someone starting up a company and getting it running and then landing in like one of the most populated places on the planet, like one of the you know, it's Disneyland. Like everyone knows Disneyland. Like that's that's so cool. And it's such a cool experience. And what what do you think is your biggest takeaway from actually being in that park and having a store in that park? Uh the biggest thing to me is that we are the first Black-owned Disney operating partner in any location anywhere, um, wow. and I think that is something that's like shocking, but also can you say it again so a little louder for the people in back, please? <laughs> okay, the first, the first girl. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I uh, love that. Actually, we didn't even we didn't even know that until like two days before we opened. Oh wow! Um, yeah, um, I think that's definitely my biggest takeaway. Like. The fact that I like I'm I don't have the entrepreneurial spirit, right? I just like <laughs> jumped into this into the deep end, like I said, and within a year, year and a half, this is what I was able to accomplish. And so I feel like I can do anything and nobody can take that away from me. That's incredible. Well, con congratulations on all your success. And if and if anyone listening right now wants to go and check out your stuff, where would they go to? Um, our website is post21shop.com. Our Instagram is at post21shop. Beautiful. Awesome. Well, Blair, thank you so much for being a part of the show. This is this has been a fun, unique episode. I mean, I'm excited that we got to talk to you and kind of talk about your experiences. And uh, I and I'm I'm excited to go to the shop and pick up some stuff. Oh yeah. Listen, <laughs> I'm about to buy all the things. Okay. And everyone listening, buy all the things. All right. <laughs> yes, please do. Excellent. So post21shop.com, go check it out. And thank you so much, Blair, for being a part of Annual Pass. Yes, thank you for having me and enjoy your trip this weekend. Thank you very much. <laughs> and that was awesome. That, that was so cool. I love I love talking to people like that. I love people who own their own business. Small business owners are so cool. It's amazing. Like, Jack, I one. You, this is very important to me. Again, yeah. as, as a black female, it's like it's like a double whammy. OK, yeah. so black owned business and then a mother daughter duo creating this business. First of all, I didn't even know you could make a business and and. <laughs> And be in Disney. Yeah. Like, yeah. I didn't know that was possible. That is wild. Yeah. Well, I should have thought about it, but it just didn't make sense. It didn't click. It's just, to me, like, that idea of, like, opening up your email, it's like, oh, I've got an email from Disney. I'm like, what? what? When the mouse calls, <laughs> you answer, okay? And they did. They did. That's that's so, so cool. And I'm, I'm so happy for them. And it sound, sounds like they're in, a, like, a good place. It sounds like they're happy with what they're doing now. And so that is so very cool. Again, if you want to support Blair and, and Post21, is post21shop.com. Go check it out. It's super, super cool. Follow them all the stuff as as well uh but yeah and uh special special thanks again to blair for coming out and being part of this and uh we i love it that's it's great it's so cool i I, lo I love talking to people about unique things especially involving theme park type stuff totally so very rad but now this is the part of the episode where i ask you a question and you answer down in the comments below over at roosterteeth.com and during our live streams our next one will be sometime in march we'll go through and we will pull down some of our uh some of our favorite answers to the question talk about them and then you'll get an autograph theme park map from us my question for you is if you opened your own store at Disneyland, downtown Disney, in the Disney marketplace, anywhere Disney theme park related, what would you put in it? What would you be selling if you were at downtown Disney? Do you have an idea? What, what would you sell 
at Downtown Disney. Goofy movie only. <laughs> Powerline store. It's exclusive. Tevin, Tevin Campbell, the whole time you're in the store, and, and good vibes. There you go. Just exclusively <laughs> goofy movie yes. stuff. Goof troop. <laughs> I would do, if I was going to open up a shop, I would open a classic movie poster shop. Ooh. Or it's like nothing but like vintage movie posters, you know. Like, I mean, want to say beautiful. vintage, I mean like movie posters from like the '90s and stuff. Like you want you want a Jurassic Park poster? We got a Jurassic Park poster. Ooh. You know, you want a Goofy movie poster? Maybe we have a Goofy movie poster. We better. There you go. <laughs> but let us know in the comments what would be what would be your shop? What would you open at Downtown Disney? And let people walk by and check out and pick up stuff. So I'm curious to see what you guys come up with, but. That's going to do it for us today. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media. We are annual underscore Passover on Twitter and on Instagram. We are annual pass pod on TikTok and YouTube.com slash annual passes where you can go to watch us live, see our vlogs, see our shorts, see all of that stuff over there. And that supports the show. Make sure to go to store.roosteed.com, pick up some merchandise if you want to grab, or if you want to mail us something, too. You can mail us something. We are 19, we are annual pass, care of Rooster Teeth, 1901 East 51st Street, Austin, Texas, 78723. If you want to mail us a postcard or something, we love postcards, especially postcards. Uh, yeah, please do so. That's great. Well, BK, do you feel like you learned anything today? Yeah, starting your own business sounds pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I have the 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 cojones for the it. Gumption, you can do. I believe in you. You can start your own business. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I guess a brand is kind of a business. Yeah, exactly. I mean, honestly, yeah, that's pretty much it. So I'm kind of inspired now. There you go. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. We will see you next time. Have yourself a great day. Bye, everybody. See ya.